Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Growth Garden, the podcast dedicated to cultivating your career progression and personal growth. I'm your co-host, Kevin. Hi, and I'm Nikki. The Growth Garden is about nurturing the seeds of your potential, whether it is in your career or your personal life. We're going to explore topics like career growth, mental health, work-life balance, and what it means to truly progress in today's world. Before we kickstart and getting to know each other more, it would be nice to tell our audience how we get to know each other and what's our personal life story of connecting. So why don't we start with us moving together in 2015 in London. Do you want to tell more about, yeah, sure. about that? I mean, it was quite funny because we both grew up in Germany and didn't actually know each other that well, only through mutual friends. And then one day I saw you in London and I was like, we should definitely move in together and be like, let's do it. <laughs> so we actually ended up moving in together for a year. I back then already started law, but you studied business and we both did a year together in London. What we wanted to do first get to know each other through icebreakers which again will be kind of our format moving forward with guest speakers and panels. But today it's just about getting you guys to know us. So maybe, Nikki, let's start with you. You've been studying business in London for three years. Um, But then you actually did move into the law space and decided to study law. So what triggered that move going from a three-year BSc in economics or management straight into law and pursuing the career in the law space? I actually always wanted to be an actress. When I first looked at universities, I looked at acting schools and then for some reason ended up having a complete change of mind and went into business school and thought, you know, I'll take as many classes as I possibly can in business school and see what I would enjoy the most. And in my last year, I joined the Law Society and I had a really great law teacher And I thought, you know what, this is actually really interesting. So I applied to law schools and then just ended up studying law. And when I went to law school, everybody there pretty much already had a training contract. So I was quite overwhelmed when everybody was telling me I'm about two years behind. But I did make it after all and became a lawyer. So that was my trigger, a class at business school that was a law class. Let's go to you. So you studied business in London also and ended up in marketing at Apple. So how did you end up doing marketing and why Apple? Yeah, good question. I had a similar journey to you. I moved also from Munich to London to study management for three years. I ended up actually at Apple through a placement. During my studies, I saw that they were doing a placement, which is quite a unique model in the UK, where instead of three years of a BSc, you go to study four years, but one year you take a year off and start working full-time for a company. And that's what I did. I went and was lucky enough to go through the recruiting process at Apple and did end up in the marketing department for a 12-month placement. Um, I loved the experience, but I had to go back to study at university and finish my degree. And after my degree, I then didn't go straight into marketing at Apple. I did try to explore other areas such as entrepreneurship, but also I worked at PwC for a while, but then really figured that tech and especially marketing at Apple was really my passion. And hence, since 2019, I'm back at Apple. I think what we wanted to do now is let people have a bit of a cleanse into your personal life. So I heard you started recently CrossFit, which I was an avid fan of as well. So how did you get into CrossFit? There's a lot of culture around CrossFit. And then also, how do you think it affects your personal well-being? And is it something that you really feel passionate about to, especially in the spotlight of career and life balance, that really helps you to achieve that. 
I always wanted to try different things. And a few years ago, I started dancing and I loved dancing. It was just always a bit difficult because the uh, dancing is usually in the evenings. And this is when I either the busiest at work or I am the most exhausted. So I realized that I actually need to do something in the mornings that gets me out of bed. And then I started with running, which I realized I didn't like. Absolutely hated running in the morning. It was so hard for me to get out of bed, to get myself to run. I have two friends who are massively into CrossFit. And one of them took me with her a few weeks ago and said, why don't you just try it out? And I love the class and thought, I'm just going to try this out now. So it's still early stages. So maybe in a few months from now, I'll tell you I hate it. But right now it feels really good. It gets my body moving and I'm waking up in the morning and I'm excited to go. It's a great feeling and it gets my day started in a very positive way. And I think this is also really important. I Obviously before, and we can talk about this a little bit later, but I worked in a law firm before that. Now I work for a sports management agency, but my hours are a little bit more flexible. And it's a good way to get out of bed in the morning and get your day started. And that's really, really important for me because it's like the start. It starts with motivation and like a good sweat. And then you move into your day and, you know, you've already felt like you've achieved something. And I think for me, that's really, really important. So it's changed my perspective also of getting up in the morning and actually having a purpose of getting up in the morning rather than just waking up and figuring out what's going to happen throughout the day. And having a routine like that is generally, I think, one of the key things for me right now. How about you? I mean, you're doing a fitness challenge now. I think it's called Ultimate Performance. What made you take that challenge? And tell me about it. Are you enjoying it? What's your journey here? I'm doing Ultimate Performance, which is kind of a global workout program. And then they offer in multiple cities. And it has been quite a similar journey to yours that I've been trying a lot of fitness classes, but also had a real gym routine last year. For me, sports is more than just being physically active. It's really something for my mind as well, which I need to do in order to stay calm, but also to have a balance to work. So last year, I got really into the habit of going to the gym, but I still didn't see the progress I wanted. So I heard about this ultimate performance program, which ultimately got my New Year's resolution to actually really do it. And I started beginning of March and it's a holistic program covering all areas of your overall well-being, which is from your nutritional intake and obviously making sure that the macro split as well as the nutrition is according to this target, but also a rigid training plan, which includes three times a week working out with a PT together, but also in addition, working out by yourself twice. And I... Truly enjoy it. It's very tough, but I think what I'm taking with me after having completed the challenge is definitely lessons for life in terms of nutrition, but also in regards to effective exercises, what I love, what I don't love so much. And it really helped me the last three months now to have a great balance to work, which to your point earlier, I think is great to have a regime to get out of bed, but also to have something at least once every two days that kind of gives you an outlet. Let me just ask you, in these yeah. classes, are these like individual classes where you're alone with a PT or is it a group? It's individual classes. So it is with a okay. PT one-on-one. It's not a class environment, which makes it harder because the PT is really on you. What do you prefer? Do you prefer group classes or do you prefer individual PT sessions? That's a hard question because on the same time, 
I do love Barry's class, hit class. I love CrossFit. Yeah. So I love a group environment for the spirit and for the motivation you get yeah. out of it. King working out one-on-one, -on -one, I think is great. And I've figured this out just this, this year because you really learn how to do movements correctly and effective, which I sometimes think lack in a, in a group environment where nobody's really watching you and making sure that you're doing the movements correctly. So I think it's a chicken and egg whereby classes for me are more entertaining and enjoyable versus fitness one-on-one -on -one session. It's eventually better for the overall movement. What about you? Do you enjoy classes? I've had PT lessons. I've had group sessions. And I would say right now, it's more important for me to be motivated. So I would say, especially group classes with people that you already know or that you, where you're friends in, because you have like an accountability partner. What I need right now is for me to get up in the morning isn't only about the gym, but it's also about like a little bit of having a social environment around exercising and it being a positive environment, no matter how challenging the class is. So I absolutely agree with you. I think PT classes were important for me to understand how to do something properly. Whereas the classes that I'm doing now, obviously we're a bigger group, so there are more people in there. So there's not one teacher that's solely focused on you. But I do think they do a very good job at showing you how something should be done, especially because we're working with weights. Now what we were thinking is moving into rather deep dives of each other's career and life journey. So why don't you tell me a bit what kind of shaped your personality and your career path to date? And this is obviously a moving target or your personality obviously shapes over time. But maybe there's something you can really pinpoint at that happened now in the last 10 years, maybe that really brought you to the point where you're now at personally as well as in your career. Really interesting question. Obviously, we both grew up in Germany. Both our mother tongues are German and well, I'm half Australian, so I grew up in an international environment. I went to international school, which I think is what really shaped me is always being surrounded by people from different cultures, different countries, having families who have like jobs everywhere in the world and also friends that move from one year to the other. So I've always had to adjust also in terms of who my friends are and where my friends are in the world. And then also, I think moving to London was very interesting. You start growing up, you're moving out of your family home and you grow up in a different place and you go to university with also so many people from everywhere in the world. And I think that really does make a difference and it does really shape who you are because you start understanding that people come from different places in the world and people have different thoughts and feelings. And it's nice to be in a, in a safe space also where you can talk about different cultures what makes them who they are and so on, and just be accepting of everyone in that circle, which I think is just a, a fantastic experience in general. And then obviously changing from business to law and moving to Dubai. I mean, I've been to Dubai to visit a few times on holidays and my family moved here before me. And then I just ended up flying back and forth all the time. And not only did it get too expensive, but I also realized that I wanted to be there. So I moved to Dubai and seven years later, I'm still here. <laughs> I do think that that's probably what shaped me as a person most is just being in international environments and getting to know people from different places all over the world. How about you? What, what do you think shaped your personality and your career journey? That's very insightful. And I think it kind of reflects my journey as well. As you were saying, we're both from a country that is Germany, that we both left, I guess, at a not too young age, but in our 20s or early 20s, which is kind of a pinnacle for me where I grew up in a great environment. Germany is a great country, but then 
moved at the right time, I guess, into an environment that was completely new to me, which is the UK, is London, to the States. And I learned so much about broadening my mind. I really, to Africa, what you were saying, grew up there for my 20s now in an environment that is much more international, a mix of cultures and people that I would have never experienced as such in Munich, to be fair. And uh, it really broadened not just my career, but my actual personality. And I do truly believe that my personality to this day has been shaped greatly throughout the last eight years I've been here in London. And um, it gave me new perspectives as well on life, as well as on career opportunities, because often getting out of your comfort zone and moving somewhere completely new really helps you to broaden your mind and also to, to see other angles to life and career, which you can truly experience here in a multicultural environment such as London. This is kind of the one thing that I truly believe has really shaped my personality and my career path in the last eight years. Interesting about the thing about you is that your mother tongue is German and you actually learn English, I assume, in school. So how was it for you going from studying in German? So I never studied in German or not really. I had a German class, but from fourth grade onwards, I studied everything in English. How was it for you studying in German until like 12th grade and then moving to London and having to study everything in English? In hindsight, I truly have to say I don't recall it being a massive challenge, but it actually was. When I came to London, it was because... The grading system is different. You're right. Everything was in English before everything was in German. I did grow up speaking English at a young age with having an au pair. So I was fortunate enough to be able to learn the language, which is English at an early age. Mm. But I truly did not practice English much in my daily life, nor in my studies. So when I came to the UK, that was a challenge. But with everything that you're put into by chance, I think you learn on the spot and you really have to foster and manifest what you're doing on the spot. Yeah. So that was for me, obviously studying in English and it became quite quickly, not a challenge anymore. And just my everyday. Fantastic. Um, yeah. I think next we're going to do is a small Q and A session. So we're just going to talk about career paths and challenges within the career. So Kevin, just moving on from that, what motivated you to pursue your current career path as it is right now? I think it's a question everyone should ask themselves at any point in time in their <laughs> career, because I do often have my doubts and I often do have my head on where I'm like, okay, why am I doing this, what I'm doing? But I think my actual motivation to what I'm pursuing currently is I come from a family that always were in the entrepreneurial space. So including my parents, nobody ever worked for a corporation or for someone, because I think it's a very German thing in the generations before us for people to actually have been more rather entrepreneurial than necessarily in a employed status, especially after World War II with my grandparents and I guess your grandparents as well, where I think there was not a much job opportunity in the market. You had to be quite creative and had to pursue your own career by being entrepreneurial. And this really kind of shaped my childhood and my upbringing that I always was surrounded by also friends and family friends that were in the entrepreneurial space. However, I did see that and I still to this day think that could be my long-term goal to become entrepreneurial and we'll get into other episodes more into depth yeah. of this. But I feel the pinnacle was right after uni where I did realize or when I did my placement at Apple during my studies actually, that I really want to truly understand a big corporation first and foremost before I go into the entrepreneurial route. Because I think there's so much to learn first by being employed, being employed, especially with a great employer such as Apple where you learn structure, you learn how to motivate employees. You learn also the downsides of the big corporation. So are the upsides, right? 
So there's a lot of motivation still to the state for me to learn being employed and, and that could be any corporation you're in or you're working for. And it really has broadened again, my mind in terms of a lot of aspects that I would uh, replicate to different or adapt for a business that I eventually would found in the future. So that is really my driver and motivation. Main motivation is to learn on my current job or something I would eventually pursue in, in the future. Very interesting. And I also agree with you. I do think it's important to learn the ropes and to get a solid understanding of your capabilities and to just grow within a company. That's also a great thing. Um, in your opinion, though, what is the most important factor in progressing in one's career? I think it's easy to be caught up in everyday life. The older you become, the quicker time is passing or is going by. So I think it's even more important to keep track on how your career is actually progressing or how your personality is progressing because it's yeah. always a combination of both, right? Your career progression is also kind of then shaping your personal life. So I do feel that for me, the most important factors are in once and then, and this is not to question every day, question every month, but at least once a year, I think, question your status quo. Where are you at? Is this where you want to be in? Like, is it helping you to be where you want to be in five years time, in three years time? Or even have you achieved in that year that has just passed? Have you achieved what you were planning to be achieving? And this can be really minor goals or minor achievements. But I think it's important to keep that in track because what I have seen, and this again, going back to what I love about my current role and what I'm experiencing currently is I'm seeing, unfortunately, a lot of people losing track of their career path. They are getting comfortable, which is sometimes a very fair factor. You can be comfortable in your situation, in your career and not progressing, but it's the way where it's about career progression, but um, because you could be progressing in many other things mm -hmm. at the meantime. But for me, I see this more as a warning signal, especially in a young age still that we are at, to always look at the current status quo and how do I get to the next stage? And this could be through obviously the obvious sectors, networking, even your friend circle, right? I mean, there's so many opportunities now as you get older where friends might start a business, might go to a company that they're looking for someone. And this is either your immediate network or your wider network from professional landscape that really can help yeah. you to progress in your one's career. And these are kind of my main factors. Plus, obviously, enjoy it while you're on the journey, right? I yeah, think it's sure. not about stressing out too much. And I'm trying to tell this myself <laughs> and enjoy the moment and actually enjoy the status quo, even it might not be at the point in time where you want it to be. But I think it's something to not forget as well as you yeah. go along the way. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing, Kevin. Soniki, tell me, what has been the most challenging aspect for your career journey? And how have you managed it? Like, how have you overcome challenges in your career journey? For me, it's quite an interesting one because when I started studying law to where I am now, I've had many, many thoughts about just stopping and quitting and just doing something completely different. So I think the most challenging aspect is to really find a purpose within the field that I am in. Because when you start studying, you learn about so many different aspects in law. And then you're like, oh, maybe I want to become a human rights activist. Or maybe I want to defend them in court. And then go into the corporate world and you start realizing that actually you don't really help the way you initially thought you would be helping or it just life becomes very different. I was struggling a lot with that initially. And it was like, I don't even know if I really want to be a lawyer. And now I'm sort of 
finding my own path within the legal field, which allows me to not only do law, but also do other things like this podcast and um, just also different types of work. So I've decided to consult for a smaller law firm instead and actually head up their tech law department. So that makes it more relevant to what I'm interested in, which is like tech and sports and all these things. I started also speaking on stage, so attending events and speaking at events in the tech law space, which gave me great enjoyment. So I found something outside of just law that kept me going. And then I also started working for a sports management agency, which is my family business. And I took up the role as COO and head of legal, which means, yes, I do a lot of the legal work, but I also get to do a lot of the other things. I think that gives me the balance now that I was looking for. So I don't have to lose law, which I was always afraid of really is I've studied this now. I've accomplished so much. Will I have to let it go entirely or can I integrate it in something that completes me a little bit more? So yeah, most challenging aspect was really finding my passion within a field that I didn't know I was passionate about Mm -hmm. anymore. But I wouldn't say I'm 100% there yet, but I would say I'm definitely finding my passion within not only one industry, but within the legal industry and within the corporate world. And I think that's what's really going to make it work for me. It's an interesting topic you're touching on because that's definitely a topic we want to talk about with an expert in our episodes to come on how... Pursuing this passion or how to find that passion that sounds sometimes a bit cliche, but I think it is truly important to be passionate about what you're doing in order to overcome challenges that you will always face, no matter what you're doing. But it might be stereotypically to think there's only one thing that really makes you feel passionate about. I guess it's to your point, eventually multiple things that you can be passionate about and how can you actually um, work on multiple things at the same time. And that's really something we're going to explore in more depth in future episodes, which is a super interesting point that you brought up. Um, so what advice, Nikki, would you give to someone that has actually just started their career, like maybe straight out of uni or even without having studied straight out of school and or actually facing a major career transition? So as you were talking about going from business into law or now from law into more of the tech space, how do you think either or someone who's new to a career or who's transitioning into a new career? I think it's really start with why you're doing something. That's for me the most important now. I always look at why am I doing something that I'm doing? Like, why am I doing this podcast? Because I want to help other people go through things that they might be uncomfortable going through alone. Or why am I still in law? Because I want to educate others on how the legal field and the tech space can merge together and how they can function together. These are the things now that I look at. You might study law and then never do anything in the legal space. You might study management and then become a creative artist. It doesn't really, although yes, it matters what you study. It also doesn't really matter. It's really just how can you leverage what you're doing and make it your own. And I think this is the most important. So always look at your why first, why you're doing something, how will it progress you and then work within that space because A few months ago, I would have been like, really think about what you want to study and then think about or think about what you want to be and then study that. But reality is your mind might change any other day 
and you really just yeah. have to think about where you're studying something and leverage whatever you're doing to become something that you really want to do. Absolutely agree. And I think the great thing in the world we live in nowadays, having studied one thing doesn't restrict you on only doing that one thing. There's certain professions, obviously like law, where you would have to study law, <laughs> or if you want to become a doctor, you will have to study medicine, but there's way around it, right? I don't think that's also always true. I feel though, if you're not clear about where you want to be in terms of your career, I think you don't necessarily, first of all, have to study at all. I think there's many other options, but there's also the opportunity to move from one profession to another, because I think there's so many transferable skills as well as things you learn on the job that you would have never learned anyways through education. So I think the world luckily is now moving away from this very stereotypically thought and it broadens your horizon on options you can be pursuing. So I think that's great now having all these options on hand, which will be one of our topics as well we want to discuss which sometimes comes with challenges because you might be overwhelmed by the options that are available to you and find the right clear career that really fulfills you and, and that you're really passionate about could be sometimes tricky because it's not necessarily exactly what you've been trying to pursue yeah. or trying to study for towards. Yeah, I think another thing for me would be, I would love to tell other people is like, don't be afraid, right? Because I think there's also always this fear of, I've done this now and I need to continue. But really, if you are not happy, if you are not in a place where you see yourself in the next five to 10 years, it is okay to change. It is okay to change your mind. It is okay. And you don't have to be afraid of it. You just have to really take action. And I'm not saying take action and you'll definitely get something else. But really, if you don't try, you'll never know. And if you just keep on complaining about something that you're stuck in, you'll always be stuck, right? You got to then go out there and try other things, whether it be as a side hustle, whether it be as a hobby, whether it be a complete career change, whatever it is, you got to take the leap and you got to just try something new. And I think this is the most thing. Don't be afraid of moving on or of trying new things. I like that. I think the not be afraid is going to be one of the main headlines. And I think the main goal of overcoming challenges, but also really trying and overcoming the obstacle of trying. Yeah. Um, so we want to round it off with yes. what we thought could be a provoking and thoughtful question. And I'll ask you this first, and then you'll ask That's it back to me, <laughs> which we'll ask all our panelists and all our interviews moving forward, which we thought would be a great question to ask in order to give a bit of a glimpse into also the downside of someone's choice in life today. So Nikki, if you could change one thing in your past, what would it be? And how would you now do it differently instead? Is there one thing you can really pinpoint at where you said, okay, I should have done it straight away differently. Honestly, it would be to do one thing that you like want to do for yourself. So a few months ago, I would have said one thing I would have done differently is pick a totally different area of study, do something creative instead of law. But actually now I'd say it's start whatever you want to start now rather than in a few weeks or a few months or whenever you might be like, I don't have time right now. I'll, I'll do it later in life. But really, I wish I would have started this podcast a lot earlier. I wish I would have been less afraid to let go of like just be a lawyer only solely identifying as a lawyer a long time ago because 
reality is life is short. You don't know what's going to happen next. So you might as well just get it. You, you might as well get started, right? No matter what you're passionate about. How about you, Kevin? I feel it's kind of the same thing that I'm the spirit of you where I did have a lot of things or let's say I did have a lot of initiatives in the past that I didn't really follow through with that I now in hindsight would think would have been great to just have done it. And I ended up maybe not even having done it at all, not even to the state. And now some initiatives of these might be too late to actually start now because it's just not the time and, and place anymore. So totally advocate of what you were saying. I think one thing that I would change looking backwards is, and it's a chicken and egg. It has kind of shaped where I'm at now, career-wise, but it also is one of my biggest challenges that I personally, as well as career-wise, face at the moment, which is down to my studies. So I feel I could have picked a much more thought-provoking and actually insightful study than just the field of management, which to this date, I think has been teaching me greatly about economics and like economic climates, et cetera, but it's not necessarily what I'm doing at all in my job, nor has it ever actually really been anything I was doing professionally. And I feel if I would have studied something more tangible or something actually with a skill set like architecture, physics, law, in hindsight, I could have at least have something I feel proud of in terms of a skill that I would have achieved at through education. And I'm not to say that I'm not proud of that I've studied management, but I feel I'm lacking kind of a core competency on a specific field of studying. And that is now obviously as we're in the world of AI and a lot to do with technology is definitely computer science, which I think in hindsight, I would have preferred to study over management. So that would have been my one thing I want to change, which it's still not too late. I'm telling myself, but do I really want to go back to uni and study computer science? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't think it's too late for you to study computer science, even if it's just a side thing. But, you know, you can always do whatever you want to do. I think nothing's ever too late. I think this is really interesting. And I think this also closes our first episode of our podcast for today. Overall, we really want to thank our listeners for listening to our first episode of The Growth Garden. And we hope that you enjoyed it. And I hope you will tune in into our next episodes and we'll have a lot of great speakers as well as experts in the field. We might have panel discussions as well as one-on-ones. So stay tuned. Next episodes to come very soon. And together we want to cultivate the seeds of your potential and enjoy the fruits of success, hence our growth garden. Here's to growing together. Thank you. Bye.